Daddy Squared. Gay Dad Saved the World. A daily dose of gay dads on the front lines of the global pandemic. With Alex McGann and Jan Dick. Hello and welcome to another episode of Daddy Squared, Gay Dad Save the World. Alex. Yes. Madonna was tested positive for coronavirus. She actually had the virus. Yes. She now has the antibody. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it doesn't matter with Madonna. Madonna. And the reason, Madonna is unkillable. I mean, Madonna could eat like Ebola sandwich and she would be fine. Madonna can't be killed. Madonna and yeah, Cher. The, the virus is coming and she's like, no. No. No, I'm not having That's that right. today. No, no, it's true. She's, she's fine. I'm glad, glad to hear it, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, and another uh, entertainment news. <laughs> I'm like, what's, we're Us Weekly today. Some You're Us right. Weekly. <laughs> us <laughs> Weekly, Alex. Yes. We're all weekly. Yeah. Um, so Ander- Anderson Cooper has a kid now. Mazel tov. So he's a, he has a baby named Wyatt. And he's have everybody's a, he's super, have... super excited. And suddenly it's cool to be gay dad. He's going to have a Cooper Pooper, a Pooper Cooper. Look, here's the thing. I don't care. And uh, while I think Anderson Cooper is a great, great guy, I don't know him personally. He and I don't hang out, you know. Um, the thing that upsets me is when people take away my gayness. Like, damn it, my I'm gay. gay. Deadness, you my gay deadness. My gay dadness, right? Yeah, it happens with Andy Cohen, too. Yeah, well, you know, like, suddenly people are so interested and are so like, it's like on the cover of People magazine because Andy Cohen. Well, to be fair, I mean, if a, Anderson Cooper was, was straight and he had a baby, they'd want to put a picture of that on the front cover, what other trash it is that you're talking about. But I, I feel like if I'm saying this, some of the people who we've interviewed over the last several days who have 20-year-old, you know, children and, you know, they're gay men are probably like, wait, 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 wait. You know, we were long before Alex and Jan even, so maybe they should shut up too. Yeah. So it's a problem. Well, but we don't speak in the, in the name of all gay dads. Oh, I do. And I feel that <laughs> the media is now looking for these people who are like, fathers for like two days to to speak in the name of gay dads and i don't think it's fair well i'll tell you what i am looking forward to during this to interview anderson cooper here mm-hmm. on gay dads podcast yeah, sure we'd love to have him on that would be fun um i actually think he's a fun guy i think he has andy ma- too i, I don't know andy and andy is jewish alex no shit you want me to look set, at his name do you want me to set you up with him um, I'm taken already. Thank you. The love of my life sits by my side. Oh. Um, anyway, the point is is that uh, we're very happy for him. Um, we think that that uh, it will be very exciting to see during this pandemic when the amount of um, nanny support he can get will be relatively limited to see how he starts looking worse and worse and worse on the news. Forget it. <laughs> it's going to be great. I can't wait. Uh, maybe he'll get fat, which would be awesome too. We are a couple of bitches. Aren't We're we? bitchy. We're bitchy, Anderson. Well, we Anderson think you're Cooper great. And Andy Coyne, if you are listening to this, uh, truly sorry, we think you're great. Yeah. It's just the uh, media that annoys us. I think. Well, he is the media. Both of them well, are the media. And by the way, Andy. No, they're actually, the, the, I mean, the, the gossip, the media, the entertainment yeah. media. Anyway, uh, today we're calling Texas, McAllen, Texas. We're going to speak with Emmanuel Pantoja or Pantoja. Um, I, I've, I've decided it's Pantoja, but right. he can really correct us. All right. He's a family nurse practitioner, and let's make the call. Let's do it. Hello, 
Hello. 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 Emmanuel. Hi. Emmanuel. Hey, how are you guys? Yes. We're good. Hi. Uh, tell us a little bit about your work. I don't know. You so there has been, I, I'm a family nurse practitioner. I'm a registered nurse, advanced practice. Um, it's changed quite a bit, very significantly. Um, I, I work in a, in a rural family practice and um, we typically see about maybe 30 30 patients a day, you know, one-on-one physically. Mm-hmm. So that has, that has completely changed. Now we're, um, we're actually transitioning over to primarily what we call telemedicine. So um, video conferencing, telephone calls is um, how we, we reach our demographic right now. We are seeing a, a few patients in clinic, but um, that has kind of impacted, you know, our work and, you know, uh, our the, the practice owner has had to cut back some hours. So, so um, yeah, we've been significantly impacted by, by COVID right now. So I'm curious, if you do see patients in the office, why do those come in? Like what, what, what tips the scales for we need you to come into the office? So uh, we treat a lot of chronically ill individuals, and we also provide a little bit of pain management. So um, a lot of the controlled medications – uh, the, these are the patients that really have to come in for a triplicate, for a triplicate. I'm sorry. Yeah. Or, um, or, and, and we're also screening them before they come in. Um, we, 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 we have a series of questions. There's a, there's a protocol that we follow. Basically, you know, we, we check a temperature, we ask about travel and, right. and it's very, very, very few patients that really come in. We probably see maybe, maybe about three patients per provider. And um, the rest of them are mostly the teleconferencing. Is this really good in terms of um, when the virus craziness has passed? Are you guys going to want to try to do more of this? So um, we've talked about it and it's really opened up a huge uh, door, an opportunity for us as as healthcare providers and being able to reach um, those individuals that really can't get out of their house. Right. Uh, Like like I mentioned, we're we're in a very rural area, deep, deep, deep in South Texas, almost very close to the border. So um, we service a lot of elderly that really don't have transportation. So if we can reach these people via telephone call, mostly everybody has a phone. And um, through this technology, we're able to provide a better service and, and, and treat them from from home, you know, we right. can we can be calling yeah. them and treating them from home, but but you know because of payment uh, payment plans with healthcare insurances, Medicare, Medicaid, um, you know, ha- having to see a patient come in in clinic is really the bread and butter, and being able to bill for that service is something that I don't think um, I don't think the doctor's willing to give up. You know, a hundred percent. Sure, but, unless but of course that really opened the door, like I said, of opportunity for us to be able to to see more patients, or at least the ones that can't leave home. It, does the very fact that people are stuck at home result in a different set of ailments um, because they are stuck at home? Are you hearing right. complaints right. about I don't know? I sat and watched Netflix for twelve hours, <laughs> and as a result, my knees hurt. I don't know. I have a thrombosis. Whatever. <laughs> That's kind of scary, but you know, um, actually, uh, being home and and being and not being able to really leave their home has um, has really increased anxiety and and depression in a lot of the individuals that we see in clinic. People that didn't 
really suffer from this uh, are now calling, you know, telling us they can't sleep, um, right. that they're very nervous, you know, maybe even uh, we're in full, you know, allergy season down here or at the whole country, actually. And, you know, people, even a little cough, they have, it's really heightened their senses and right. and um, and really focus their attention on their health more than anything. And it's funny you say the, the whole thrombosis thing. I had a lady call me yesterday. He said that her legs were a lot more swollen than uh, than they usually are. And you know, asking her a series of questions, trying to get really get down to the to the to the problem. It's just that she's been sitting uh, watching Netflix. Sitting for a long, for yeah, watching Netflix more than she <laughs> typically does. Yeah. So now yeah. you can ask about well, it. No, no, no. I just wanted to say that that um, thrombosis is the only medical term that I know. So I just I like <laughs> use it all the time, and I kind of I love the word. I wish that there was like a good band named thrombosis. <laughs> thrombosis. You know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, enough of that. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your uh, your family situation? So um, Carlos and I have been together for 10 years, going on 10 years already, and we've been married for four. Um, uh, having kids or, you know, or raising kids was always something we both wanted to do. So about three years ago, we, we started the process, you know, thanks to a, to a group of our friends that kind of introduced us to um, foster to adopt option. Uh-huh. So we, we, we decided to go that route and um, we fell in love with these two little boys uh, from out of town and they, they eventually ended up with us and shortly thereafter we were asked to um to foster their their sibling their little sister we got her when she was about two months old and now she's she's just turned two in february so so you have uh, you have three kids five now (laughs) you have three kids and at what are their ages uh robert is nine josh was seven and sophia is two years old she just turned two how is it like living in the south deep in the south of texas as gay you know as a gay family, you know, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, we live in a very um, primarily Hispanic uh, area. You know, our, our families mostly are from Mexico. Uh, down here, 99% of the population, 90 to 99% of the population is Hispanic. So um, the idea... So and, it's, a, and, it's a Trump area then, you're saying? I'm sorry? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, it's a big Trump area. <laughs> very much so. Very much so. So, you know, we, we it has been, um, I guess a shocker for individuals, you know, we go out together before, before this, you know, our, our dinners, our outings, you know, to the store, people stare and look at us and, you know, our kids are, our kids are half Hispanic and, and half, um, half white. So, you know, they look at me and my husband and we're, we're completely brown and then two, three little white children with us. So it is a big shocker for them. And, and, you know, the question always comes in now, is your mom white? Is your mom white? You know, everybody will ask us. So it's funny. It's interesting. We don't mind sharing that with people. And, you know, Carlos and I are very social, so um, we do have a couple of friends who have kids as well, and 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 it's just something that people are not used to, but they're seeing more of. So, right. so there's a little change down here coming around. Well, I have to think that um, you know, in a lot of ways, you're you're a much more significant ambassador than we are. We live <laughs> amongst a million other gay dads. It's almost boring, <laughs> and you know, um, can you can you tell us a little bit about what the kids are doing and what you're doing with them to keep them from going nuts during this uh, during this time? Oh my God! So I mean, it's been it's been. Uh... It's been a huge adjustment for everybody, and, and including them. And and um, we kind of are fortunate that uh, Carlos Carlos is a full time student. My husband, he's a full time student. He's also a small business owner, so um, he's had to close his business down. So he's just at home, and he's still going to school full time, but he he's able to stay home. So he's been the one managing the kiddos and um, helping them with schoolwork because all all of their schoolwork is now 
here at home and, and we're able to do some interactive um, activities with the school. But they're usually done by 12 for midday. And then from there on, it's um, it's trying to figure out different things for them to do. And, and sometimes and, and they love now they have a profound new love for their bikes, you know, which they had for a long time. <laughs> they just uh, rediscovered that they had them in the in the garage. So, right. Uh, we're, it's try, we're trying to find innovative ways. And, and Carlos is very creative. You know, they'll sit down and 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 the one that we have the hardest time with probably keeping um, busy is Sophia. I mean, she's a two year old toddler running around and just it, just just sponge, just filling her brain. She needs more activities. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, our kids are, we have twin four-year-olds. If they, I I remember when they were two, this would have been really hard when they were two. Oh my God. (laughs) Do you, do you, um, do you feel like that there are some other than the bikes, which is actually a good one. Are there any silver linings to this experience overall that you want to share with us? So, uh, we've been, we, we, we made it a point now to, cause we're always, before COVID, I mean, we had so many activities. The kids were going to church after school. They had karate. So we never really, to be honest with you, other than the weekend, sat down to have dinner and and talk about our day. So I think we've connected at a different level now. Um, and the kids are finding out more things about us and we're finding out more things about them now. And 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 um, we've only we've only had the children for three years going on three years now. So, I mean, it's uh, it's it's we're learning more about each other and spending more time. And I think the kids are liking that a lot now. So, so that's a silver lining for us. Yes. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So look, this is the, the spin question that we throw in at the end. I hope you're ready for it. You ready? Okay. okay. Yeah. Over the last week, what is the meal, your own meal or a meal with your family that you are the most ashamed of? Well, you know, Robert just turned, um, Robert just turned nine on Sunday and uh, we typically we, we typically have family over and we finish the cake. And for the last week, I've been having cake after dinner every night after the kids go to bed. So that's probably the most shameful yeah. meal right. I've had. I, I, I mean, it, it's shameful. I was hoping for something much more disgusting than that, but we'll take it. <laughs> One day we're going to hear your thing. Alex. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if you guys can handle the things that happen late at night uh, in this house. Um Listen, we we cannot thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us and, of course, for everything that you're doing during this incredibly difficult uh, world pandemic. Yeah. Well, no, thank you for giving me the time to share our experience uh, from Texas down here yeah. in the Rio Grande Valley. All thank right. you, Emmanuel. Thanks so much, Emmanuel. Take care of yourself. Yo, have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. I just clear.